Let us bow our heads. Where you are, I encourage you to pray. Pray for yourself that God will speak to you and that your hearts will be open. And so pray a prayer for Pastor Ken. I'll give you some time to pray, then I will pray together. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the ministry of Pastor Ken there in this region as well as at Downwander in Melbourne in Australia. Father, I thank you how you have led this man and together with his family to plant churches around. Father, it shows that how he's have a great heart for the lost. And today, Father, I pray that you anoint him. You speak to him, through him, to us, Father. I pray that God will be encouraged by your word. And I pray that on our part too, that God will open our hearts, ready to be challenged, ready to be encouraged, ready to respond in obedience and by faith. And we commit this time to you, Father. Bless us, Lord, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor Chiming. It's so good to be back with you. I think I was here last year, September. If I'm not wrong, right? September. So it's been, wow, a year already. And uh, it's good to be here with you. I really enjoy the time of worship. <clears throat> Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you are the best looking person I've seen today. Come on. You are the best looking person I've seen today. <clears throat> and it's not a lie, okay? <laughs> right. So good to be back. And uh, I, w- I want to thank the church for the honor and the opportunity for me to be able to share a word of encouragement to you this uh, morning and afternoon now. And uh, we, we want to... Th- as a church, Click Church, KC Live International Church, uh, we just want to express our thanks for your church for releasing Joel to us. And uh, it's been an interesting journey with Joel. I remember helping him to look for a car. And uh, <laughs> there was a long, long story. But uh, and, uh, when we come to paying, and you realize that his, uh, his credit card cannot work. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, praise God. I, and uh, Anyway... It's been such a blessing that he has been with us. He has really added value and been an encouragement for us. And uh, yeah, so in a way, you have sent him as a missionary to Australia. Australia is a very godless nation. They are already pushing very hard for gay marriages to be, uh, you know, to, to be official. That means you cannot even preach anything against it and uh, without being uh, sued for discrimination and so forth. So we want to thank God for, for the ministry of Joel with us and uh, praise God. I believe God is here. Amen. And, and, and you know, we, we, should, we should come with expectation to hear something from God. And I believe God always meet us at the level we are prepared to meet Him. You know, and God respect our will. Uh, he don't force things on people. But when we begin to <clears throat> take the step of faith and begin to cooperate with God and say, God, I want more than what it is. And I, I felt that the Christian life should be a very interesting life. I don't know about you, my life is full of adventure. And uh, I nearly died three times in my life. Once when I was born, I was so big in my mother's womb, my mother couldn't get me out. I was nine and a half pounds, all right? My mom couldn't get me out. I was born in the wooden attap house in Yochikang Road, all right? I was not even born in the hospital and, and they had to call the doctor in and take a taxi and then walk about 15 minutes, you know, and then finally I managed to come out, you know. In fact, my mom nearly died and I nearly died in the womb as well. And when I was one and a half years old, I had diarrhea. My cousin just died of diarrhea. They thought I was next and God spared me. And then the last time I nearly died was in the mission field and, uh, and uh, there was this crisis going on in Indonesia, the Asian crisis. They were burning cars and looting shops and... Uh, and uh, anybody Chinese driving the car, they will stop the car and overturn the car. And, and, and a lot of people were killed. And I nearly I was one of them. But God protected me. So I don't know about you, but my life is a bonus. And I'm going to live every single moment you know, uh, uh, for Him. And I'm excited about what God and what He can do in you and through you. And if you are boring, uh, then that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is never boring. It's always very exciting because we serve a very exciting God. Amen? A God that is full of surprises. And uh, this morning, this afternoon, I want to share with you on this whole series, But God. When I got an email, I said, wow, this is a very interesting series. But God. And uh, maybe I should use it for my church, you know. But God. 
But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. First Corinthians one twenty seven, it says God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and dis- and the despite things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one can boast before Him. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Therefore, at the end of the day, therefore, it is as it is written, let him who boasts, boasts in the Lord. In fact, the New Living Translation say, the person who wishes to boast should boast only what the Lord has done. You know, when Jesus was on earth, it was very controversial. All right? The Pharisees, I mean, they studied the law, the Sadducees, uh, and then the high priests. They, they are into the orthodoxy of the word. You know, every dot, you know, every comma, and everything must be you know, in line. And when Jesus came, He was really like a stumbling block for them. He created offense because they, they couldn't understood, can't understand what he was saying because he was not very, very, uh, 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 no, I mean, he, he's very controversial, all right? And, uh, and, and he said things that is really opposite to their mindset and their thinking. Now, as I was pondering on all these verses, I've discovered three observations. I want to share with you to encourage you. Now, the first observation out of these verses is the word, but God. But God, you know, I like the word but, but if it's used at the right places, all right? Uh, if it's used at the wrong places, it's not very good. Like, you know, uh, I want to serve you, but God, I'm busy. And uh, that's not the right but, all right? At the right places. Uh, oh, I want to give to you, but God, you see, I, I'm preparing for my wedding. I'm going to buy a house. That's the wrong place. But I like the word but when it's used at the right place. With men, it is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. You know, uh, you can't do it, but God can strengthen you. See, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. So, using the word, but God, uh, at the right places is very powerful. And it speaks of God having the final say. At the end of the day, after all being said and done, He will have the final say. And it's ain't over yet until it's over when He says it's over. But God. He chose, but God, He chose the foolish thing. By God, He chose the weak things and those that are despised. You know, and, 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 but God, it speaks of God's authority. We just sang a song about His greatness. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient, all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But God, he, he controls all things. All the days of your life are written in His book before one of them come to pass. And, and He don't make mistakes. God don't make mistake, and God don't have holidays, right? He hears our every prayer, and sometimes we feel the silence of God, and so God is not hearing our prayer, or God is has forgotten us, and He has left us on the shelf. But no, He is there always. He will not leave us nor abandon us. I was telling the congregation earlier that if you are uh, your surname is Lo. You read the King James Version, it says, Lo, I'm with you always. You know? <laughs> Lo, I'm with you always. <laughs> and if your name is Shirley, anyone, your name Shirley here? No? Uh, Shirley? Then you should read the NIV Version. It says, Shirley, I'm with you always. Because He will never leave you nor abandon you. And sometimes we don't see the hand of God, but we have to trust His heart. See, the sovereignty of God, I don't know about you, I've been 21 years in the ministry. You know, I was brought up in the Brethren Church. I was from Yochukang Chapel. I, my Sunday school was taught in Hokkien those days. And, uh, you know, back in the early, early days in uh, Yochukang Road, I was living in Yochukang Kampong. My, my grandfather was an early pioneer of the Yochukang uh, Brethren Church. And uh, my uncle was a, a lay uh, evangelist and preacher for the Brethren Church. And, uh, yeah, you know, and I, I, I'm beginning to appreciate this whole thing, you know, there's this debate between the sovereignty of God and, and, uh, and, and you know, the human uh, uh, will to choose, you know, uh, the free will to choose. But more and more, I begin to appreciate that, that God is almighty. There's nothing that He cannot do. 
you know, and, and, and who are we to advise him? Who are we to, to tell him what to do? And, and he don't make mistakes. He's never early or late. He's on time. The only thing is God's timing is different from ours. Now, ours is now. <laughs> you know? Now, I want it now. But God's timing is perfect. And, uh, and we could understand from Scripture here that but God, He has the final say. And, uh, and nothing happened by mistake or by chance or by coincidence. He is in total control. And sometimes we felt that it's out of control. But God never loses control. And there will be things that we never, will never understand. I mean, we read Acts 12, how James was killed by King Herod uh, by the sword. He was beheaded. You know? And now uh, Peter uh, was in prison. Now James was like the head of the church. Can you imagine those days the church was in confusion? Why? Because King Herod captured James and, and beheaded James. And now Peter is next. And the church were praying. And God sent an angel to deliver Peter. And we ask this question, why did God not send an angel to le- deliver James in the first place? Why only Peter? We can never know. There will be a lot of things in life that we can never fully understand at this side of heaven. But see, God sees a total picture. For us, we can only see the past and experience the present. We don't know the future. And we can't see the big picture. But God sees the big picture. And, and we, we just have to acknowledge His sovereignty that He don't make mistakes. You know? and, uh, and Job understood that. Can you imagine Job, a God-fearing man, he's faithful, you know, uh, and, and he tithes, he gives to the church, and, and uh, you know, he's a righteous man, and suddenly all the bad things happen that could happen, happen to him. Now, in that midst of that confusion, God, what did I do wrong? No, you didn't do anything wrong. But why this happened to me? And in fact, his wife was so upset about this. They said, are you still holding on to your integrity in Job 2, 9? And the wife advised him, curse God and die. But Job understood the sovereignty of God. He understood that God is in control. And he says here, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not troubles? And in verse 13, 15, Job says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. I will trust in him. See, that's incredible faith that acknowledge. God, you are love. You, you, you are gracious, gracious, you are merciful. And, and your thought for me, your plan for me is not to harm me, but to prosper me, to give me a hope and future. And, and I will acknowledge your sovereignty, knowing that you don't make mistakes. I may not fully understand what is happening to me right now. My prayer don't seem to be answered. I'm facing these challenges. There don't seem to be a way out. But God, I'm going to acknowledge that you are still in control. And Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they understood that. You know, they told the king, Oh king, we will not bow down to this image uh, because we serve a living God. But even if God don't save us, we will still not bow down. You see the point, eh? You know, sometimes we have this picture of what God is, don't we? Huh? We have this idea of what God is, this expectation of God is. And when God don't make our expectation, when God don't live up to our idea of what God is, we catch Him, then we get disappointed. We felt let down that like God don't care about me anymore. He doesn't love me anymore. And, and so forth. And, uh, but see, God is God. We can't catch Him. He is God. And that makes us human. You know, uh, my cousin uh, graduated with two of his friends and, and he got better grades. You know, I mean, his transcript is a lot better and it's a lot colorful. His resume, his experience. And anyway, they all graduated and they were... Three of them, good friends, they applied for a multinational company. And he was very confident because of his grades and his past experience and all that. He would get a job. And, uh, but when the result came, the reply came, two of his friends that get not so good result got in the job while well, he didn't. Now at that moment, say, God, I serve you. God, I love you. God, what is happening? I should get this job, but I don't get this job and my friend got it in, you know. So at that moment, what do you do? Do you just become disappointed, disillusioned, walk out from God? Or do you acknowledge His sovereignty? Do you, God, I don't understand, but I know you have a greater plans. Something up your sleeve. I may not see it now, but I know that your ways are higher than my ways. And that you meant good for me, not harm, but you work all things out for good to them that love you and accord according to His purpose. 
So to cut the long story short, after he went into a, a governmenting company and the favor of the Lord was upon him, he got promoted. And after four years or so, there was a downturn in the economy and that multinational company closed down. And two of his friends was out of a job. And guess where they applied the job? Next, they applied at my cousin's company. And they end up a junior working under my cousin. You see the point, eh? God will have the final say on things. I have another youth leader, and uh, he's a very ambitious young man, but loved the Lord. Came from Malaysia, studied here at NUS, graduated. And he worked for a construction company. And because of the favor of the Lord upon him, when he went into that company, the company prospered. Do you know that people around us will be blessed because of us? That's what the Bible says. You'll be blessed. And because of you, Abraham, the nations of the world will be blessed. So his company was blessed because he, was, you know, he went in there and he was blessed by the Lord. And, uh, and, and the boss knew that this guy is very unique. You know, and, and people can see the hand of God upon your lives. So began to try to keep him in the company by saying that the next project will be a profit-sharing project. Because he's a Chinese company and, and, and this young man trusted the boss. It was word of mouth that it's a profit-sharing project. And he worked very hard. You know, he tendered the job. It's a multi-million dollar project. And, I mean, the, and, and he got the best uh, price for everything. And they, they make quite a lot of money. And he was entitled to a million dollars profit-sharing. Can you imagine you're in the late 20s? Or, yeah, maybe mid to late 20s. And you work very hard. You are honest. You know, you work more than a given hours. And now you have a profit sharing of a million dollars. And the boss said, no, I'm not paying you. How would you feel? God, this is not fair, isn't it? I work hard. But he acknowledged the sovereignty of God. Instead of getting bitter, instead of getting angry and back by and begin to, to spread bad names of his boss, he'll never say anything bad about his boss. Instead, he says, Lord, what am I going to do next? And he felt the Lord say, you come out. You come out and do your own business. So he left in good terms and the boss knew that he cheated him of a million dollars and to a, uh, no, to a young couple in the late mid-twenties, a million dollars is a lot of money. You know? And uh, the dream of getting his condominium, the dream of, uh, of getting his, uh, the car, his dream car is all there and suddenly, boom, it's gone. So how do you respond at times like this? God, I thought you're supposed to protect me from the evil one. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. But why is this happening? So that's where you've got to acknowledge the sovereignty that God still has the final say. But God is still in control. He came out and I remember he sat in a room with me in my house that time when I was still staying in Singapore. He said, you know, Pastor, it's recession time in Singapore and I'm going to come out on my own and I can only last a year. And people are saying I'm crazy to come out at this time. But I'm just going to acknowledge that God is in control of this whole situation. And to cut the long story short, today he's living in a house that is worth $4.5 million fully paid. Have a swimming pool upstairs. You know, I just was at his house for supper two nights ago. And he's running a big company, building something like about 10 apartment blocks for HDB. You know, and here is a man who understood that God is in control. Amen? Okay, very quickly, the second observation I realized out of this But God series is that as we observe, kingdom principle and, and kingdom values are often a paradox. Now, what is a paradox? A paradox, according to the dictionary, is a statement or proposition that seems self-contradictory or absurd, ab, but is in reality expresses a possible truth. It's an opinion or statement contrary to commonly accepted opinion. So a lot of times, the kingdom of God and the value in the kingdom of God, the principle in the kingdom of God, is often opposed to the values and, uh, of the world. That's why the Bible says, do not be conformed to the system of the world, squeeze into the more of the system, of, but being transformed by the renewing of my mind. See, while we are still in the earth, 
in the world. We are not of the world. We belong to the kingdom of God. We are part of the family of God. And, and we should live by a different drumbeat. You know, we should march to a different drumbeat. We should live by a different principle. Not the principle the world accepts. You know, it's commonly accepted way of doing things. But in the kingdom of God, it's different. And often it's a paradox. I mean, take for example, the paradox like this. Like, love your enemies. Now, that's a paradox. You don't love your enemies. You terminate them if you can, you know. Uh, uh, Love your enemies. No, that's a paradox. How can I love my enemies? Uh, And uh, you normally love people that love you. You know, I love people that are very nice to you. Uh, But love your enemies. He says, pray uh, for those who persecute you. How can I pray for my boss? He's so mean to me. How can I pray for my my officer or my whatever, you know, my sergeant, uh, so mean to me. Pray for them that persecute you. Now, that is a paradox. Now, how about this? Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Wow, now that's a paradox. I mean, to the world, that's foolishness. You know, you don't do good to people that hate you. You know, uh, you do them in. <laughs> so, that's the world system. So, it's foolishness to the world. But the kingdom of God, that's kingdom value. It says, pray for those who mistreat you. Pray to those who mistreat you. You know, and uh, if someone strikes you on, the, on one cheek, turn to him the other one. Now, that's hard to swallow, all right? Because our defense mechanism comes in, all right? We want to fight back. Uh, we want to go for justice, you know? You deserve it because, you know, you, 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 you um, make sure you're going to eat your own medicine or something like that. But turn to the other cheek. Now, that's hard. That's really hard. You know, uh, like my friend, you know, uh, this youth leader of mine, and he was cheated outright. Everybody knows. And the boss could just smile, sorry, you're not getting the million. That's why I didn't, I didn't say that. And they were in front of witnesses. So what are you going to do? You're going to argue? You're going to fight back? You're going to sue him in court? No, you can't. But you live and you bless that person. And because of that, he's blessed. Now, someone, take your cloak. Do not stop him from taking your tunic. Uh, give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them to you. Now, that's, that's a bit tough. I mean, verses like, you know, whoever, Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Uh, give, and it shall be given unto you. In fact, Acts 20, 35, it says, Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, the worst system is, you're blessed when you receive. But you're more blessed when you give. Now, when you give, you don't have already. But you give so that you can have more. So again, it's a paradox. And sometimes we do struggle with that. But God is sovereign. And uh, when we live according to His principle, uh, according to kingdom value, we're going to reap the fruits and the blessing of it. I was a Bible school friend, and uh, she's quite a, quite a wild lady before she was saved. Anyway, one day she was coming home and uh, at the condominium car park, her car hit another car that was parked there. Uh, normally, most people would say, oh, oh, I better put my name card there, contact me, I'm the one that hit your car. Instead, she quickly realized that no one was seeing her, there was no camera around. She quickly reversed out the car and parked somewhere else. And then she went off. Whew, you know, I hit somebody's car, nobody knows. <laughs> And uh, anyway, it was quite, uh, the damage was quite bad, actually, according to her. And after a few months, through a change of miracles, she, someone led her to the Lord. You know, it was amazing. She, she, she couldn't believe it that she became a Christian, you know, because that's the last thing she wants to do. But through a change of uh, a series of events, uh, miraculously, someone led her to the Lord and introduced her to a cell group in that condominium block where, where it's nearest to her. So she was all excited. I'm going to attend my first cell meeting uh, in my block. You know where I'm getting, right? So she went to the cell meeting and, and the cell leader welcomed her you know, very warmly. And then during the sharing, the cell leader began to share a testimony. See, one day I went down to the car park and I saw my car was badly damaged. And I was angry. Man, who is this fellow that banged my car, knocked my car, and didn't even have the courtesy of leaving a name card? And oh, all the thoughts come in. Oh, man, yeah, I wish the person would have an accident. All these kind of negative But, but, 
I refuse to respond the way the world will respond. Instead, I bless that person. And, and, and this cell leader said, I pray God, whoever knocks my car, bless this person with salvation if this person is not saved. And begin to bless the person that damaged his car. And, and then my friend sat there and said, Oh, <laughs> I think I'm the one. And begin to ask, uh, what car was it that, uh, you know, that you're driving? Oh, it was this car, this color. I think I'm the one that knocked it. <laughs> and, 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 and she said, I'm so sorry, you know. Uh, but, and then she related the story of how she come to know. So what happened is, because this cell leader, instead of responding the way the world will respond, he responds in a foolish way to the eyes of the world. You don't bless the person that knocked your car. You know, in fact, you will be wishing curses on them. But because he blessed that person that knocked his car, she received salvation. She got saved because of the prayer of this person who responds in a kingdom way. So again, sometimes it's foolishness to the world, but to God, that's God's wisdom. And when we understand that, it really enables us to go through life knowing that nothing happened by chance or coincidence. Because no matter how good or bad, God is able to turn it around and work it up for good. Because as long as you love Him and are called according to His purpose, God is sovereign. No one will get away. The Bible says, do not return evil with evil, return evil with good. Vengeance is mine. I tell you, what, God can do a better job revenging for you. Amen? He do a cleaner job. <laughs> a real clean job. Sometimes we mess it up, you know, in, a, in the midst of trying to, to revenge ourselves, we get ourselves into more trouble. Let God do it. I mean, he, he, He's the expert. He's a professional, amen? Uh, he's a, engage the professional for revenge, amen? Let God do it. <laughs> and your part is, bless those who curse you, amen? Pray for those who hate you. And when you do that, I tell you what, you're living in a different rhyme. Because you, you are now operating on kingdom values. And you'll find that at the end of the day, God is going to have the final say. God will have the final say. Now, the third observation, the first is acknowledging the sovereignty of God. Second is the, the, the paradox in the kingdom principle and kingdom value. The third is really more in the application that we need to trust in God's wisdom, which is Christ. We need to have faith in God's wisdom. More than our wisdom. In fact, it says here in verse 30, it is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus, who become, who has become for us wisdom from God. You know, wisdom is very powerful. I remember the last time I came here, I talked about Proverbs, the wisdom of planning ahead. Wisdom is very powerful. We need wisdom how to live our life. So it's a wisdom from God, Christ Himself, that is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Now, you've got to understand that before God, we, we are sinners. There's no good deeds that we can do that will live up to the standard of God. We can't save ourselves. All the good works are like filthy wrecks in His sight. We are helpless. Only God can save us. Now, He didn't send a superhero like Green Lantern or, or Iron Man or whatever, you know. I was preaching in a youth camp last week on superheroes. Yeah? But he sent a, a baby, defenseless. No room in the inn. You would have thought the king of kings and Lola would live in a, a six-star hotel, but among the animals. And you know, that concept baffled us. Why would God do that? He humbled himself. Take upon, we need to take upon the same attitude as a servant. He's the almighty God, but he became a servant for us. And, uh, and God did everything. And it's not about how good we are, it's about how good He is. It's not about how holy we are, it's how holy He is. Therefore, we can be accepted into God's family because of His righteousness, because of His holiness. We are holy before God because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That through Jesus, the wisdom of God, we have salvation through redemption. We have holiness, the fulfillment of the law. See, the law can be fulfilled in two ways. It can be sorted out in two ways. Either you do away with the law, it's no more a law anymore, or you fulfill the law. And Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law. I come to fulfill the law. And we fulfill the law through Him. 
That's the wisdom of God. He is, our, and we need to reach out by faith to trust in Him. That He is, that His ways are higher than our ways. In Isaiah 55 verse 8, it says here, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts, as a and, and, and go on to say that in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. Therefore, after saying all this, when we boast, we can boast in the Lord what He has done. Not because of us, but because of Him. And it's very important for us to have that faith to reach out that God, your ways sometimes are way above my ways. I was sharing in the first service that I was pretty comfortable in my ministry. I've been in the ministry for 21 years already now, and everything was fine. Been there, done that, plant three churches, plant Bible school, been a missionary, you know, learned the Indonesian language, preachers, teachers in Indonesian in the Bible school, and so forth. And I thought, you know, that's it. You know, I was ready to be uh, kind of on a retirement mood. And, and then God one day stirred me up. You know, a, a guy from uh, England came. He's a very good friend of mine. He's very prophetic. He looked at me and said, Ken, this is not it. Come on, this is not it. You know, you're getting too comfortable. I said, please don't disturb. Don't disturb me, please. I, I'm, I'm fine. You know, our ministry is doing well and church is growing. You know, I, I have this philosophy in my life now. is to comfort the disturb and disturb the comfort. So if you're too comfortable, I want to disturb you. And uh, I was comfortable, you know. And I said, you, you're stirring my nest, you know, please. And I knew in my heart that God is something that's greater for me than what I'm experiencing. And I have to quit my job without any promise of any income or support. I've sold my car, packed my bags, go down to Melbourne to plant a church. And I mean, the last time I pastored in Melbourne was back in 1989. You know, it was a country town church, you know, and people have moved on and, you know, the, the church has moved on. So I went back again and uh, this time it was uh, calling my friend who is retired. He's an English guy that lives in Australia for a long time, married an American wife. They are in the 70s. I said, look, would you plant the church with me? And he was living uh, at Cannons Creek, which is nearby the river in the southern part of uh, Victoria. Very cozy life, you know, a quarter acre block. Went to visit him. And I said, look, I'm not here to disturb your comfort, but would you come and plant a church with me? And, uh, and I was expecting him to say, I'm on retirement already. Please don't disturb me. But he looked at me and said, okay. I said, what? Okay. And in my mind, I said, well, maybe he's trying to help me. Okay, no, I, I, you, you're, you're coming back. You want to plant a church. There's no one with you. Okay, I'll help you. Next thing, he sold his house. He sold his house to move to the area we're going to plant a church. In fact, it was a miracle. He sold a house that day and he bought another house on the same day where we're going to plant a church. Then I look at him. Now, this is serious. <laughs> this is not just, I will help you. This is really, you know, I mean, selling your house to be where the church planting is, this is really serious. When you take the step of faith, God opens the door. We started with four people and I said, God, where are the people going to come from? You know? And Australia, the, the, the spiritual atmosphere is different from Singapore, right? It's very different. It's, it's a different atmosphere. And to cut the long story short, uh, we, we grew, our cell group multiplied and we are about, you know, in the, in the high 20s and 30s and uh, there was already two and a half years in the church planting and the Lord said, buy a building. And I just sense a lot impressing upon me to buy a building. Now, can you imagine that? You know, I'm, it's, it's, this is not a good idea. This has got to be a God idea to work. Because you know you've got nothing to boast except to boast what the Lord has done. And I have to say, God, if you want to buy us a building, we don't have the money. Of course, we don't have the money. You know? and, and, but money is not the thing that is a problem for God. You realize that God don't have a money problem. He owns the cattle in a thousand hills. We are the one that have the money problem. God don't have the money problem, all right? Anyway, uh, I have people come to me and say, Pastor Ken, why do you want to plant this church? You know, I remember every Sunday I have to load up the equipment in the van, you know, the speaker, the drum set, the bass amplifier, and I have to drive to the community center. And then with one, two students, we've got to unload the stuff. We've got to set up the place, you know, set up the table. We have dinner after service. Then we go And when it's winter and it's raining, it's cold, here you are loading the equipment. And when I come home, I have to unload everything all by myself. 
I mean, it's amazing I didn't have any back injury, you know. And, and, and many times in the night when it's cold, it's raining, as I'm unloading the queen, I say, God, is, is this going to be forever, God? God, why am I here? And I have a friend kind of remind me, why why you go back to square one? Your ministry is so established. Why do you have to go back to square one planting a church? You know, why don't you just quit? Most most churches don't last three years when they planted it. You know, in Australia, a lot of churches close down. Uh, why don't you just close the church and go and work in a big church? And then when we were launching into that building program, I just sense that God wants us to do it. And I will have good friends. They mean well, they feel for me, all right? Pastor Ken, how could you, how could you impose such a financial heavy burden on this young migrant's family? Still paying like crazy for their first home and our interest rate is 9%, by the way. You are blessed with what, 2%, 1%? 9%. And they are struggling with young children and their single income. We don't have maids there. So most wives have to give up their job to be full-time chauffeur and full-time, you know, cook and, and clean and take care of the kids. And, and the men well. But you see, the thing is, when you understand that God, God's way ahead in our way, oh, you know, and you've got to reach out by faith. Say, God, if this is what you say, I'm going to step up by faith to believe for the impossible. To cut the long story short, we bought the building with 45% discount. And then the bank, I think the guy that approved it must have a late night, you know. <laughs> approve our loan, 80% of the loan, and give us a special interest rate of 4.99%, which is very good during that time, when we only have one year of financial history for our church. Because the first two years, we are not registered yet, so there's no proper records, you know. See, nothing is stopping God from giving you the miracle you need. You realize that? God can just snap a finger and it will happen. He speaks the words and it will happen. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. But we need to step faith, out by faith to say, God, I acknowledge that I, my understanding is limited. And I'm not going to lean and hang on to my understanding for my security. I'm going to trust in you. What you say, I believe it and that's settled it. And God provided the finances. In fact, right now, uh, we have grown more than triple our size when we first bought the building. And, uh, and, and, and not only that, we felt that we need to do an extension and some of them say, Pastor Ken, you really torture us. We have really gone through this huge building program. Now you want to do another extension, a two-story building. I said, don't, I don't want to do it just to prove a point or to prove something to some people. No, I have nothing to prove. I'm quite happy, you know, uh, to go on retirement mode now. But, but if God said it, let's do it. Or else we miss the opportunity. And I remember launching and there was a lot of doubts. You know, I said, look, let's trust God. You know, His ways are higher than our ways. And to cut the long story short, we were praying that God would supply you know, for the extension. And somebody least expected came up to me and said, this is $200,000 for you. I mean, nobody just give $200,000 away. You realize that? Very seldom you find people just give $200,000. Maybe $200,000 rupiah, yes. <laughs> but, 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 $200,000 is a lot of money. But see, where God guides, He provides. We've got to reach out by faith. What is it that you're facing right now? What, what are your challenges? Is it your workplace? Your nasty boss? Or is it because having issue with your mother, father-in-law, or future mother-in-law, or future father-in-law? <laughs> what is it that you're facing? What, 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 maybe you, you feel that all your friends have arrived there and you're still far behind. They're getting all this high pay and you're still lagging behind. Maybe you're feeling frustrated. God, I've been faithful. I love you. I serve you. But why, why is this happening to me? Why blessing happens to other people except me? Maybe if you're going through a period where you're experiencing the silence of God. But I want you to know today that God has a final say. He's in control. He's in control. His timing is perfect. Not too early, not too late. It's perfect. Maybe some of you, you are just struggling. How to respond? When we respond according to God's principle and kingdom value, we're going to reap the fruit of it. And we're going to reach out by faith. God, I, I trust in your wisdom. 
Your ways are higher than my way. I trust in you. Sometimes it may not be logical, but Lord, we we could step out by faith. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you throw away your common sense. I'm not saying you, you should not talk to your pastor for godly counsel. You do that, okay? But at times, sometimes our journey is different. It's very different. So we just got to reach out and say, God, I want to experience your greatness in my life. And to experience God's miraculous power working in and through your life, you need to take the step of faith by getting out of the boat. Let's stand to our feet right now. I'm going to ask the musician to come and play softly. You know, I, I sense a wonderful presence of God here. I don't know about you, but I sense that God is speaking in a very personal, specific way. Some of you, as you are hearing the message, you know, this, this, it rings a bell. It's kind of re- there's this resonance inside you that God is addressing your situation. And I believe God is saying, to some of you, you need, you need to launch out and step up, begin to understand and acknowledge that I'm still on the throne. I'm still in control. You know, my thoughts and plan for you is not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. And for some of us, we, we, we need to walk by faith to say, God, if I do it your way, not my way, not the ways of the world, not popular opinions, but Yahweh, your way, you're going to see God opening the doors of heaven like never before. Like my friend, you know, I sat down and talked to him and said, did you ever dream that one day you'll own a $4.5 million home, three-story with a swimming pool on top? There's a lease in my mind when I step out. There's a lease in my mind when I was cheated of a million dollars. But God is able to honor us when we walk in His ways. When we trust with Him with all of our hearts, and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge it, and He will direct our path. I just sense that God is... Some of you here, you're in a crossroad. Some major decision you have to make. I want you to know God is there with you. Always. Always. Some of you, you have faced disappointment and letdowns. Maybe you are even upset with God. So that God is late. But I want you to know, God has not left you yet. He's, gonna, he's not going to waste any hurt. He's going to turn everything in your life, good or bad, He's going to turn it around for good for you. As your eyes are closed, it's about how many of you will say, Pastor Ken, the Word has really spoken to me this day. And I want to respond to God by a step of faith, by raising my right hand to acknowledge God has spoken to me. Here I am, Lord. You have spoken. Would you just raise your right? Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Just not to me, but to the Lord. Say, God, thank you. I'm responding to your word right now. By faith. I'm going to reach out my hand by faith to see that my situation is going to change because you're going to come in and you're going to bring a miraculous intervention. How many of you will just say, yes, Pastor Ken, your word has spoken to my situation right now, to my heart right now. Would you just raise your right hand? Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes, yes. Praise God. Anyone else? Say yes, God. Yes. Thank you. Anyone else? You know, you're just responding to God as, as an affirmation that God, I've heard your word, God. And I'm receiving it to my heart right now by reaching out my hands. I'm saying yes to you. Anyone else? Praise God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. What we're going to do now is we could still have time here. Uh, we, we're going to sing a, a worship song. And I want to invite those who raise your hands to just come forward. We're going to pray together. We're going to get the pastors and the leaders to come alongside. It's not that we are better than you or holier than you. No, no. We are all in that journey. And it's agreeing with you in prayer. And we're going to see God's moving in our life and through our lives. I believe God is here. He wants to minister to you specifically, prophetically, and, uh, and speak life into your situation. And if you raise your hand, will you just come forward very quickly so that we can pray together uh, as a church? And we're going to ask the leaders and the pastors to join in prayer as well.
God is able. God is able. He will never fail. He is almighty God. Greater than all we need. Greater than all we have. He has done great things. Lifted up. Lifted up. Defeated the grave. Oh God
This is a, the demographic here are really the young adults and tertiary education. I, I just sense in my spirit that God is saying that, you know, when you're out there in the marketplace, there's tremendous pressure to compromise, to, tremendous pressure to go by the system of the world, what is the most, most popular you know, opinion and, and popular way of responding to things. I, I just sense that God is saying, that you are going to be the light of the earth when you begin to stand up and say, look, I'm going to walk according to the value of the kingdom of God. I'm going to live according to kingdom value, not worldly value. And sometimes by making that stand, people will call you all kinds of names. People will ridicule you. They say you are foolish. But I'd rather be foolish for God because I know even the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And when you begin to walk in God's value and principle, you will be persecuted. You'll be laughed at. But when we stand firm, when we stand firm on God's value and principle and live according to it, you will see the floodgates of heaven open. God will have the final say. You will see the blessing of God pouring out on your life beyond your imagination because you dare to do the right thing. You dare to trust your God. You dare to believe that God is able to do it exceedingly abundantly above all you could imagine or ask for. Because you dare to say, God, I'm going to walk in your ways. I don't care what men may say. I don't care about popular opinion. But I'm going to live according to your word. And this is going to release God's favor upon your life. You may not see it immediately, but it's going to come. There's going to be some open doors for you that will surprise you. There's going to be promotion that will surprise you. Why? Because promotion comes from the Lord, not from men. And if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can come against you? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. God has spoken during the sermon or just now or during a time of worship. Just receive it by faith and ask the Lord for, to help you to respond by faith. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you that you are great God. You are a wonderful God. And that God, we can call you our Father. And you are for us. And you want to bless us. Therefore, Lord, I pray. Pray that God, all those words that deposit in our hearts, I pray that God, it will not go into the vein. That we will not dismiss it, but we will continue, continue to believe in you. That when we step out of this place, when we face the world, even later on, or tomorrow, that God will face with the faith in a great God. We will dare to believe in you. That when we boast, we will boast in the Lord because God, you are going to prevail. Therefore, Father, I pray that you stir up in the nurse that faith, that faith and that obedience to do the right thing and to dare to trust in you. And that God, you are going to see us true, Father. Not for our own sake, but for your name's sake. And God, you are a great God. You want to glorify your name to do your purpose. And your purpose and your will will be done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you.